Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. And we are back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in and always for believing in me. Um, if, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be where I'm at with this podcast. And if it wasn't for these amazing guests that I bring on who get vulnerable and they share their light with us. And today's going to be no different. Uh, I can't wait for you to hear this woman's amazing story. Um, first of all, thanks to my sponsors, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Thread Wallets. And then the music you heard at the beginning at the end is by my good friend, Paul Cardall. He's an amazing award-winning pianist and just one of the greatest human beings you'll ever meet. So thank you for letting me use your music. And like I said, thanks for tuning in week after week. Today we are joined by Kate Strong. Kate, thanks for being here. Todd, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So we've got a few mutual friends, you know, Tiffany Peterson and Adam Nugent. And I was on your podcast a while ago and... It's just great that, uh, you know, kind of a small world, right? And it's just good to connect with you. I I agree. I love being here. I feel like, you know, energy is so magnetic. Yeah. And that's why we keep attracting the same people and kind of being in these same circles because we're talking about the same things. We're lit up by the same things. We're bringing those things into the conversation. So I'm happy to be part of it. Yeah, thank you. Well, you're a life coach, a self-care advocate. You're founder of My Strong World, which I love the name of that, by the way. And we're going to talk a lot about what that looks like. You know, you you are someone who speaks. You help people. You're, you know, doing all these things that are making a difference in this world. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into all those details. But I think where we would like to start is tell us where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your childhood. Okay. Well, maybe you can hear <laughs> it in the accent. It might come out a little bit. Yeah. I grew up in Alabama All right. and, uh, just, uh, three sisters. My mom was single most of our lives Okay. and, uh, just a small town in Alabama. Um, it's actually called Fairhope, Alabama. It's across okay. the bay from Mobile right. and about 45 minutes north of the Gulf Coast. So I'm a, I'm a beach bum at heart, Okay. barefoot and just <laughs> yeah. a swimsuit and call yeah. it good. I mean, my friends always tell me my best look is, is on the beach. So <laughs> Yeah, you got to love the beach. So tell us a little bit about how you were as a child. Were you an outgoing? I mean, you you know, you carry yourself so well right now, like just confident and out there doing things. Were you like that when you were younger? Um, Yeah, I've always been really outgoing. Okay. And I've always been spunky. I grew up as a tomboy. I'm definitely more feminine today. I've leaned into that and embraced (laughs) receiving in a way. Sure. But growing up in a home with a, as you know, a single mom, I always took on the kind of like the role of what, I don't know, I think what boys do, which is weird because nowadays I don't even think that we think this way. But back then in Alabama, you know, if you needed the handle on the toilet to be fixed, that was a a guy's job, right? Or a boy's job or like, (laughs) hey, somebody come fix the TV, right? I'm talking about those kind of things, like techie kind of tinkery kind of things. Um, I was always the one that was doing those things. I was outside playing with boys and running around and getting dirty. And it's it's interesting that you bring this up. And Todd, I'm not sure if you're ready to go here yet, but I've been, um, I hosted a three-day masterclass this week. Mm. 
and uh, it was ca- it's called Turn On Your Pleasure, and talking about pleasure in the five senses and like how do we really get in tune with our bodies and okay. experience the third dimension of life, right? Mm, so that. so often we're just kind of like shut down or turning off those things. Um, and I didn't expect this to come up on day one, but because you're asking me about my childhood and yeah. specifically about what I was like, um, I was actually really confident until... Mm. Um, and I'll never forget it. Um, I walked into a friend's house, a neighbor's house, and uh, I walked in with with my my girlfriend. It was her house. She had a twin brother, and we walked downstairs. There were all these boys playing video games, and we sat down on the couch and we were in there for a little while. Yeah. And uh, it didn't take too long. And one of the boys called me Job of the Cunt, and uh, I don't think I ever wow. thought of myself as being anything other than perfection. Yeah. Until that moment. Ooh. And then fast forward a little bit and um, we were at a pool party. And, you know, there's the smaller inner tubes, the blow up rings, and then there's the bigger ones for adults. And so yeah. there was one of the smaller ones and all the all my friends, all the kids were like diving through it to see if they could make it without touching. You know, like don't touch oh, the yeah. sides. Yeah. Right. Like so you're getting the smallest right. little, yeah. you know, toothpick through the tube. And when I dove through it, it got stuck around my waist. And so to come up out of the water, right, not only did I not make it, it was the the tube was literally stuck around me. And uh, again, I don't think you would look back and look at pictures and be like, whoa, Kate. But it was those two specific moments in my life as a as a young girl that I realized or I had these moments of like shame about my body and Mm. um, what I looked like. And a lot of what I do today is about loving loving our bodies and about um, not betraying it and really like waking up to the body and of this physical human experience. And uh, so, yeah, so I think I was really confident until moments like that happened. And the truth is, I think we all have something. I think there's a moment in time that everyone has an experience where someone says, you're dumb, you're not enough. You don't look the way you're supposed to. You're, you know, like you're annoying, whatever it is, right? But there's something that someone says to all of us as humans that breaks us down or that tells us something and we it plants a seed. Right. And then we find ways to validate that over and over and over and over again in our lives until we actually believe that it's who right. we are. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Wow. You know, it's um, I'm reflecting back on my childhood a little bit and I, I was a really skinny kid. I mean, skinny. And I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I knew I was skinny, but then I heard some people laughing about how skinny I was, and I overheard it. And just overhearing that just crushed me. Yeah. You know, I was in seventh grade, and I just remember going, I look funny. Yeah. And, you know, a little different, but that's what I felt. And, and I would fantasize in my mind about having big muscles and, you know, people loving me for my muscles. But I, you know, it was one of those tough moments. And, and again, it's, you don't know that's coming, you know, you're not expecting it. And, you know, that kid to say that horrible thing to you, I'm sure all the other kids laughed or whatever. And then you're feeling like this big, you know, that you're no good kind of thing. And so it's interesting how just the power of a word Mm -hmm. can, can really change the Mm -hmm. course of what we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and I would say for me, I'm always looking for things in my life to ask myself the question, how is this happening for me instead Mm, of to me? Absolutely. And so as I look back now, I mean, of course, back then that, that young girl, that 11 year old Katie back in the day, didn't (laughs) know or have the tools that I do today. 
But I can look back at that moment now and say, how did that happen for me? Yeah. And the truth is, I grew up in a household where there were yo-yo diets, there was binge eating, there was lack of, you know, um, family yeah. meals and things like that. And it really taught me to, okay, I want to take control and be able to learn, right? Yeah. Like how to how to nourish myself, how to be healthy, how to exercise, how to take care of my body. And it's fascinating because sometimes people will look at me today. In fact, I had someone tell me this three weeks ago. She said, you know, Kate, um, I don't know that you have a lot of credibility to talk about what you talk about because you don't look like other women do. And I just, I thought, wow. Okay, so I do things every single day. I've created habits. Habits, I've literally rewired and reprogrammed my brain I'm super mindful and aware. It doesn't mean I don't understand. Right. I, we've all had an experience, but what I do know is I know what works. Yeah. And the reason that I'm credible and the reason why I'm the expert on the subject matter, if you will, yeah. uh-huh. to be able to say, hey, you can do this is because I've done it, right? Yeah. But it is fascinating, right? That that there's this maybe thought of like, she doesn't know, yeah, right? And so when this... Well, when this it, conversation came up yeah. and I shared that, I'm like, I actually do know. No, you do. And and that person d- hasn't seen the blood, sweat, and tears that's gone on behind the scenes most of your life to get you to where you're at today. And that's, that, that is a very uh, shallow comment, to be honest, because, you know, it's like, how do they, they don't know your story. They don't know, like, I remember hearing this once that you could never hate someone or discredit someone if you walked in their shoes from the time they were born up to this moment, you would go, oh, I get, I totally get them. So for us to quickly say something like that is just, you know, it's just ignorant in my opinion. But yeah, they don't know the blood, sweat, and tears behind right. the scenes. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I always just take that and say, well, that's just the their own projection, right? I mean, yeah, that's their belief, sure. right? Like you must not understand. But it can but, still sting a little yeah, bit, Yeah, right? I think it always kind of, <laughs> I always kind of pause. And then again, yeah. I have to go back to, okay, yeah. what do I know for sure, how, right? And go through this whole process. Because the truth is, we could walk around all day and be offended if we choose to if be. We, choose we will to. always find reasons to be offended. Yeah. And what's cool, you know, life happens for us. I totally believe that. It's one of the things I... Uh, teach my clients as well. And and really that comment happened for you because you had to like take a step back and go reconfirm who you really are. So thank you for that comment, whoever that person was, because it just solidified who you are yeah. in your own mind going, you know what? Yeah. I got this. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. I know it was almost <laughs> like the fire. It lit right. the fire underneath me to yeah. like, oh no, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually be I'm, the outside is going to represent what's going on on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I, you know, I know you'll love this and you probably, probably say this all the time, but your energy introduces itself the moment you walk into the room, yeah. right? You have this energy about you. That's awesome, by the way. <laughs> like you can feel it. You don't even have to say a word. I can feel it and I can feel it even now. How did you figure this out? Because, you know, what what happened? Yeah. Tell us how you got mm-hmm. to figure out that the, the you know intention, creation, manifestation, energy, all this stuff. How did you get to learn this, and how did you figure this out? I love this question, Todd. You know, I think it came from rock bottom, really. Mm, okay. You know, I I was at a place in my life where where it felt like everything was kind of falling apart, mm-hmm. 
and I just recently gotten divorced. And one thing that happens in divorce is that I had set myself up for a lot of really great things for my kids. I wanted to make sure that my kids weren't, didn't have the experience that I had. Right. And um, so we had a co-parent coach. We had a divorce coach. I actually also hired a life coach because mm. I thought if I have this team right, I believe we're the fi- the sum of the five people we, we surround ourselves yeah, with. Yeah, I love that. So I, was, so I thought, okay, if I have this team of people around me to help mm. me and support me, and teach me and coach me and tell me what to do. Because yeah. I was just one of those people back in the day that was like, just tell me what to do. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I just started literally just, I was a sponge and I was learning and I was growing. And pretty early on, I adopted, um, I, I had this moment where I realized that self-care mattered. Yeah. That I needed to start taking care of myself. Now, I was on low. I had been to a doctor. He's like, you're adrenal adrenal fatigue, cortisol is out, you know, off the charts, all these different things. And so I knew that my body was in literally like survival mode. And so I started doing these things to just physically take care of myself is where it started. So physical self-care became a priority. And for years and years and years and years and years as a mom, I believed that self-care was selfish. That if Mm. I was going to go, if I was going to go to the gym and not be home when my kids woke up, then that was selfish. If I was going to take time away from like these experiences that I might miss of my kids because I was going to do something for myself, it felt selfish. And I found ways to validate that and and culture did that for me. Yeah. So the first thing was like, I'm just going to choose me and I'm going to give myself permission to fill my cup first. And then what happened is I started noticing, oh, well, I'm not yelling at my kids as much. Yeah. Or maybe hardly ever. Yeah. Or wow, I have more energy now than I did before. And so I'm more actively involved. Yeah. And I'm spending more quality time with them. Right. And there were these different things that I started seeing. So that was the seed that was planted with physical self care. Okay. And then I got into mindset and I realized, whoa, there's another pillar to this self care thing and it's called mental self care. Yeah. And I just learned from the great ones. I quote him all the time, but Dr. Joe Dispenza says we mm-hmm. think 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, yep. 90% of their same, and you can reprogram. And I was like, okay, well, the bad news is that I'm programmed, but the good news is I can reprogram, reprogram right? It, yep. So I just consumed everything I could possibly find and yeah. everything I could consume of yeah. like, right, like the mind and how powerful it is. And I thought yeah. if I can get control over this mind and I can make it start working for me, yeah. then that's going to be a superpower. So that was step two. Step three was emotional. I realized that, and mm-hmm. I still believe this till this day, is that the body keeps the score. There's a fantastic book There's around book, it. Yep. And that every experience, every trauma that I had experienced in my life that I had not chosen to deal with or to work through, on some cellular level, my body was holding on to it. Yeah. And my practice where it all started coming out for me is yoga. And so I would literally be in yoga practice and I would, and one thing in yoga, when something is painful or tight, instead of pulling away, they tell you to breathe and lean in. Breathe and lean in. So I'm like breathing and leaning in to the pain, but because of I'm letting the breath take me in. I, one day I think I was just doing yoga and I said to myself or to the pain, what is this? Yeah. Maybe it was just curiosity and I had a whole experience open up. It was pain in my hip 
And it had to do with a situation when I was a teenage girl in the back of a car, literally, with a boy who wanted to kiss me and make out. And I wasn't really into it. But instead of saying no, I didn't want to make it awkward and I didn't want whatever. And so I just went with it. Now, it wasn't that big of a deal, right, Todd? It wasn't like this is like a a huge big thing right. but my body remembered it remembered it and wow. when i and when i literally yeah. allowed myself to like f- feel it and feel the the like feeling that that felt like of self betrayal yeah. it literally went away and at the end of the class i was like i don't know what just happened but that was the wildest thing that i've oh, ever man. had happen so i just kept doing it with yoga and i eventually learned that wow my body I can really start to heal my body as I start to let go of the emotions. And then layered to that was working with clients. And, and I have a, um, a background in personal training and uh, okay. nutrition. And so yeah. I'd work with all these clients, right, yeah. that have they're holding on to weight. Yep. But it doesn't matter if they're exercising or eating. The weight is still there. Still there yeah. And what I realized is that that's emotional weight. You're literally carrying, holding on to something emotional. And if we can get to the root of that and to watch people transform was powerful. So that became my third pillar of self-care. And then the fourth was spiritual. Mm -hmm. I was religious before. And at the time I wasn't, but I had this experience where it was like, Kate, you're a really spiritual being. Like, don't just throw everything away. And I really got in touch with, it's what I call as ask yourself. Mm. So I believe that everything's inside of us. All the answers are inside of us. And when we will just listen and ask, it will come, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's different ways that those answers will come, right? But they truly are inside of us. So I became really spiritually aligned with like, I would, I call her the higher version of myself, like yeah. the the potential, like yeah. the, there's another great book. It's be your future self now. And yeah. just like that future, like higher version. Um, and then, the, and then fifth is social, which is social self-care. Our circles matter who we spend our time with matters. Yeah, and I've learned that if we really want to accelerate and grow and like live these like abundant big lives, It's who are we surrounding ourselves with? So those five pillars of self-care became the foundation for me. And they literally lit me up from the inside out (laughs) because I knew myself, right? I'm like, whoa, wait, I'm, I, my mind isn't controlling me. I'm taking care of my body. I'm feeling my feelings and I'm being okay with it. I'm letting them move through my body. I'm letting it kind of, and then that ask yourself and surrounding myself with people. I would say that those five are just anyone who can, start to really, really dig into that. Now, this is over a decade, right? right. I started this a decade ago, yeah. and, and it takes consistently showing up. Right. But literally what we think we become. Yeah. So. Amazing. Yeah. You are lit up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel lit up. What? I feel like the, I feel yeah. like I'm turned on. Like, yeah. I literally teach about turn yeah, on. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. And it's like, it's like, I got plugged back in yeah. or like the light, came, my light mm-hmm. came back on, right? I, I started living again. I started, yeah. uh, you know, again, it, as simple as asking myself, you know, what do I want to eat? What sounds good? Yeah. Well, I, I spent, you know, 20 years of my life doing what everybody else wanted to do, eating where everybody else wanted to eat, thinking, well, I'm just easy. I'm yeah. agreeable. Yeah. I'm easy to be around. I like yeah. everything. <laughs> but the truth is I was yeah. never even checking in to be like, what does sound good to me? What is nourishing? What would I enjoy right now? Yeah. Wow. And and those pillars that you're talking about, um, that doesn't come easy. Like you had to work your butt off. Like you're you're working. I mean, have you always been this hard worker? Because I mean, it sounds like you're like, okay, I'm all in. 
here we go. I'm going down this path. I think so. For a long time, I was shut off. And when I was shut off, I don't know that I had the energy or the light that I do today. Mm-hmm. But I've always, always, one of my values is growth. Okay. So I've always been growth minded. I've always been into personal development. Like I want to be the best version of myself I yeah. can possibly be. Yeah. Because what I've really learned is that I actually feel better right? As I continue to grow and I continue to expand and I think the world gets brighter. Yeah. Wow. So you won't, you won't be able to see it, but it's behind you. I have another quote on my wall that says the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. Mm. It's by Ferdinand Foch. And I mean, that's what I'm feeling here. I'm feeling this fire from you and what a way to live. And I love what you said, because you decided that taking care of yourself wasn't selfish, it was selfless. Because you showed up better for the people around you. Is that accurate? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I appreciate you reading this quote. As you said it, in fact, I wanted to touch on one more thing. Please. And it is on that. It's it's under the fourth pillar of self-care, which is spiritual Mm. alignment. Yeah. Part of that also is knowing your values, Mm -hmm. what you desire, and what your strengths are. Yeah. And so I did a couple of different things. I... I, um, Clifton Strength Finder, one of my favorite assessments there is out there. Mm -hmm. Basically, the concept is instead of working so hard to be good at what you're not, focus on what your natural strengths and abilities are, right? Mm -hmm. So I took that assessment and I found out like, oh, it's actually, I'm a woo, which is winning others over. I love people and and I'm good (laughs) at communicating and positivity and I'm a maximizer, which means I can take an idea or I can take a thing and like bring all the people in and like really like take it to the next level. And so again, getting to know myself like, oh, I'm actually really good at all of these things. And then learning about my, my core values, like what are the things that like really matter to me and aligning that with my desires and asking, you know, like, what do you really want? Like if you could have anything in the world, my favorite question, if you could have anything in the world, what would you want, Todd? If you could have anything in the world, Uh, wake up in a good mood consistently. (sighs) superpower right what that because and again I'm fortunate enough to being taught by giants before me that showed me that that's what success should be and if I could wish because I can have I could have wished for a million dollars and all this stuff but if I'm waking up in a bad mood what's the point exactly right so that's what I would probably do how about you (laughs) oh today if I could have anything in the world today um you know what, if I could have anything in the world, it would be that all of my kids would truly deeply love themselves. Wow, I love that. To true, I yeah. think the human experience, wow. if we could all love ourselves, right? Yeah, that gives me chills when Self-love. you're saying that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how true is that? Because, you know, it's funny, I'll ask uh, clients of mine who have children, who you know, they're sitting on the couch that you're sitting on, you know, and they've blown up their lives with drugs and alcohol. And I'll ask him, what's your value as a human being between zero and 100%? And it's typically well below 50%. They'll say, I'm at a 25. And then I'll say, what's your kid's name again? Oh, it's Sarah. What's Sarah's value? Instantly, 100. And I go, isn't it funny? You can see it in them instantly. But with you, you're having a hard time seeing them. This is the problem. So I love that you said that. Like For us to love us, love ourselves, I mean, that to me is... I'm with you. That's a, that's yeah. a gift that is amazing. It is amazing. You know, our kids, right? I I coach clients as well. And oftentimes, um, I think that as parents, we think, well, what, what should I do? What should I yeah. do? It's like, just be that. Yeah. Just be that. Right? The greatest thing you can do is 
take care of yourself. If you want your kids to take care of themselves, take care of yourself. Yeah. Practice self-care. Yeah. Show up for yourself. Turn your light on. Mm. Right? And then what do yeah. they do? They see it and they're like, well, wait a second. I want that. You know, Todd, when I started, first started talking about turn on, uh-huh. I was super, I it was really reluctant because I know that where everybody's mind first goes when you say turn on, right? It's yeah. like, oh, you know, what, what kind of podcast is this going to be? <laughs> Um, exactly. but there's so much more, right? It's like, let's start at yeah. the foundation. But I remember, I remember being a little reluctant with some of the things and right. then thinking, you know, are my kids, are they going to get it? Are they whatever? And mm-hmm. recently it's so, it's just, I was talking to my oldest Savannah, she's 17 and just kind of talking to her about different things. She looked at me, she goes, mom, I already know all this. And I, and I just kind of looked at her like, (laughs) really? And we just get to remember they're paying attention Yeah, and it's not like, Hey, we need to have a sit down conversation about this. You know, it's like, no, if you're just being that you, it just Mm -hmm. like naturally comes up. Like it, they're just, they're just paying attention. They are paying attention and they don't miss a thing. Wow. That is so true. Right. So just be it. The great, the greatest gift we can give our kids yeah. The great if I want my kids to love themselves, well guess what? I get to love myself. Yeah. Show them the yeah. way, be the message. There's a Have you read The Power of Now by oh, Eckhart yeah. Tolle? So in there, you remember when he says stop quoting Buddha yes. and be, be. Buddha. Yeah. Like be the message. Mm-hmm. I can quote Buddha all day long, mm-hmm. but if I'm not being that, being calm and sympathetic and compassionate and loving, right? That's what does that mean? Our kids pick up on that too. Well, you're saying this, but you're doing this, 100%. right? Yeah. So Great. I'm glad you said that. So one of the things I'm I'm known for is being an integration coach. Mm. And what that means is we have a lot of, I create retreats, I create experiences, mm. um, workshops, events where people come and they consume a lot of really awesome content and information yeah. and they're lit up and it's yeah. like they've got all the tools, right? Yeah. But then what do you do when you leave that safe circle Right. and you now go integrate that? into your life daily life yeah and for me that's the embodiment right it's like be in the classroom learn all the things that's awesome right it's amazing that's step number one yeah but number two which is the greatest which is what you just quoted is now embody that yeah become that integrate that into your life and that's where the true true change happens yeah i love that well, you're doing a, a, a lot of amazing things. Uh, I want to know more about uh, My Strong World. Okay. And you've already mentioned a few things that you're doing, but sure. let's get into how did you come up with this? Obviously, the name's awesome. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, um, <laughs> so I started a nonprofit 13, 14 years ago. And, uh, you know, that question, if you could have anything in the world, what would you want? In fact, there was a lady, her name's Ruth Aniango. Mm. She was a former member of Kenya's parliament and on Bill Gates board of directors. When I met her, Okay, we were on the phone talking about whatever it was. And she got on a flight, came to my house, house, sat down at the dinner table. And I said, Ruth, if you could have anything in the world, what would you want? She said, a hospital for my people Mm. in Kenya. So I said, let's do it. So I got rally, you know, put together a big fundraiser. We raise all this money. We're building a hospital in Western Kenya, taking longer because we were enlisting the help of the government, which highly suggest if you want anything to be sustainable. Right. And uh, then, so that's taking a while. We end up down in um, Belize drilling wells at, for clean water. And I'm doing kind of this philanthropy stuff outside of the United States. And I had someone come up to me and say, hey, Kate, I think it's really great 
that you're doing all these things around the world, but what are you doing locally for your people? Mm. You know, and that's one of those moments that you kind of yeah. take that deep breath and you're like, whoo, okay, well, number one, you probably haven't been to Africa and seen the poverty there, but I feel, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And so I sat with that and I thought, okay, so how can I show up in my community? And for me at the time, I was a single mom. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start supporting single moms in whatever way I can. So I was in the parking lot of a yoga studio. We had done a pajama drive for Christmas for, oh. for the local women's shelter, yeah. women and children's shelter. Yeah. And after the class, one of the women in the class came up to me and she said, Hey, Kate, um, I was there a year ago at the shelter with my five kids. And uh, she shared her story with me. It was super, super emotional. And I got in my car and I sat there and I literally said out loud, how, how is she different than I am? Yeah. And it was so clear, Kate, you have resources and money. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I've This is what I'm going to do. And so I, my, my nonprofit's called Going Beyond Borders, but I created a leg of that nonprofit called My Strong World. Mm. And My Strong World is a platform to support and help women specifically with all of those five pillars that I talked about. And it's right. grown and evolved into something like bigger than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. But this is the cool story that a lot of people don't know, but I'll share with you. Yeah, so at the time, I, the Instagram handle, my strong world wasn't available. So I decided, okay, I'll do Kate strong world. Yeah. So for years and years and years, I didn't realize this, but people started calling me Kate strong because they thought my name was Kate strong. Oh, yeah. And uh, three oh, and a man. half years ago, I decided to make it legal no and way. I went and changed my last name to Strong. And wow. so here I am, Kate Strong, but it came from that My Strong World. Oh, and um, okay. it's just <laughs> a really cool story. And that also, so cool. again, in our names, like words are so powerful. Words are powerful, yeah. And, uh, and so my, my own story and my own journey to get where I am today has been, uh, it's been incredible. And I have women yeah. all the time come up and who knew, who knew where I was mm -hmm. and where I am today. And they've said, you know, Kate, how do you do it? And my strong world provides the roadmap, the step-by-step, right. -step, like this is how I did it. And this is how you can do it. And here's the thing. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Right. And it's just about having community yeah. resources, Yep. right? And money, Absolutely. and yep. I, and we can create that all day long for all anyone. Day. If you yeah. show up willing, and you want to get going, I'm yeah. there to support you, and yeah, I will. For sure. In fact, I have a retreat coming up in May, and I always, 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 always give two partial scholarships to that. I used to do a full scholarship, and I now know today that if you have a little bit of skin in the game, we show up differently. Amen to that. So instead sure. of just doing one, now we now out of the 13 spaces, two of the women that get to come to that, that get a partial scholarship to come and be in that space. And watching those women grow and get lit up and join this community and see that spark lit and like to have even seen some of some of them and where they are today, you know, I can look back and one of the things I believe is that my pain is my purpose and that my content is my medicine. Ooh. So everything that I've Say that experienced, again. that was powerful. Yeah, my pain is my purpose, and my content is my medicine. Dang, that's right? powerful. Same with you, I bet. Right? Oh yeah. I think uh, so. Everything I teach is what I've learned, 
And I continue teaching and I continue showing up because it's also for me and I'm learning and I'm growing and I get to do something that I actually love and to look back again, to be able to say, how is this happening for me instead of to me? Yeah. Well, look at what I'm doing today and why do people, why do people even believe me or want to hear me? Well, because they can look at my life and go, well, you're proof. You did it. Dang. Yeah. Pain is my purpose and my content is my medicine. Oh man, gives me chills. I love that. And you know, I, I, you know, my, the listeners know that I say this a lot. I, li, uh, I say life happens for us, and I always think of it in this way. So I took my first sip of alcohol when I was 11 years old. That led to a whole full-blown addiction. I should have, I should be dead. Should have lost my life. I tried to end my life, and here I am talking to you, and. I I always go and I go all the way back to that going had I not had that drink at 11 I wouldn't be talking to Kate Strong today. That blows my mind. Right. And I I wouldn't wish on anybody mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I went through and mm-hmm. probably same with you you wouldn't wish what you had to go through but at the same time all of the things you've been through led to this moment as well and here we are talking to each other having an amazing conversation. Exactly. Are you kidding me? I know. It blows my mind. It does. I know. Same. Dr. Wayne Dyer said the same thing. <laughs> I don't know if mind. you. I, oh yeah, I'm he's a, a fan. favorite. I'm a and fan. He, but he said the same thing. It was because of it was because of the alcoholic yeah. boyfriend, yeah. and it was because of being in and out of foster homes that put him on the stage to tell the story. And this is yeah. what I would love to know from you, Todd. I think it's, this is probably a rhetorical question, but don't we all have pain? Don't we all yeah, have sure. heartache? Don't we all have like these things that like are mm-hmm. hard? Like, yeah. I don't know who said life would be easy. And I also don't believe <laughs> right. that we're punished right. for anything. It just is. Yeah. And how do we know the pleasure without the pain? True. Right? So true. But the human experience is yeah. to feel it all. And it's to feel the sadness. So when we can say instead of, you know, oh, I'm something's wrong with me and Mm -hmm. you know like I must have you know been picked on or got dealt a bad hand or whatever whatever the words are yeah it's more like well I think we all are so much more similar the story's different right right yeah but the story's different yeah yeah you know couldn't agree more I, I I love how you said that we're we're here to witness it and experience it and feel it instead of avoiding it and yeah. running it. You know, it reminds mm-hmm. me, um, I work with someone here named Wendy McCarter, and she has a quote, um, or a definition, excuse me, of what addiction is, and it's the best I've ever heard. I wanna hear it. Um, addiction is the perpetual avoidance of legitimate suffering. <sighs> yeah, every time I hear it, I'm, I'm like, boom. So it's the perpetual avoidance of legitimate suffering. Wow. So we're supposed to suffer, I mean, I. Life is suffering sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's pleasure. Yeah. Sometimes it's suffering, but mm-hmm. we're not supposed to avoid that part yeah. of it. But that's what we do a lot of times mm-hmm. as human beings. I don't want to feel that. So I'm going to avoid it with, you know, some people take drugs, some people, you know, sleep, don't sleep, take, you know, whatever it may be. But anyway, that reminded me of that when you that's said that. That's so true. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about food recently because this mm-hmm. came up on in my master class and how we numb with food, right? Yeah. But also here's another thing that came to me just this week that I've been sitting with is that we deprive ourselves, okay? I'm going to speak for women. We diet, 
We restrict, we withhold, we tell ourselves we can't. And if we get it, it's a reward. Mm-hmm. And so we we do this thing where we're literally like starving in a way. Yeah. And then when we finally get it, we've been so deprived that we overindulge, overindulge, right? And then there's guilt and shame and all of the different things. And what would it be like if we, number one, could say to ourselves, you're okay, you've got this. Yeah. You can have a bite of cake every time you want a bite. You don't need to eat the whole cake because it's going to be there next time. (laughs) But that's this thing of like Mm -hmm. where we were very like... um, it's this all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah. And, and if it feels like it's too much or it's too big or it's too indulgent or, you know, they call it a guilty pleasure. Well, now I'm starting to see like, Oh, well, if you never give it to yourself and then you finally give it to yourself, you binge, you go at it's, it's so much. Well, what if we could just get to a place where it's like, I'm not going to withhold anything. I'm going to experience life in the five senses and I'm going to savor this bite and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to love the bite of the chocolate cake. Right. But we, again, there's this idea of, we just, we, we restrict ourselves and we don't allow ourselves to fully experience life and coming back to even emotions or feelings or things like that. I think a lot of times depression or whatever happens because we're living in a world where when people say, how are you doing? They say, good, fine. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. And if I'm not, something's wrong with me. Well, as lit up as I am here right now, mm-hmm. I want you to know that I allow myself to cry. I cried earlier before I even walked in your door. Mm. I was listening to a Marco Polo from a friend and I could feel yeah. what she was feeling. Oh, and I was yeah. just like, oh yeah. man, like, uh, but if we allow ourselves to feel all the feelings, yeah, then we don't put ourselves into a place that's debilitating because I'd waited so long to feel it. I waited so long to feel it or right. I numbed. Yep. You know, I always tell people this, we can't selectively numb. So, you know, there's prescription medicine out there to help you not feel anxiety, to help you not feel mm-hmm. depression. But I'm telling you right now, you will also not feel exquisite joy and you will not feel exquisite pleasure. Right. There, there, Again, it's on the same coin. One yeah. side is pleasure and one is pain. And that is what humanness is. Yeah. It's like as little kids, we are so fine to fall and scrape or yeah. break an arm or whatever. You don't go, you, we don't think, oh, I'm not going to jump on the tramp. If I do that front flip, I might fall and break my arm. Yeah. But they get, we get conditioned. Conditioned to do that. Yes. And then over time, yeah. so I was out on roller skates this week in my neighborhood, just nice. like skating around. <laughs> and my neighbor drove by and was like, Kate, you're going to fall and hurt yourself. And I'm like, so what? I'm going to keep living life. Like I'm just going to yeah. keep getting on the roller skates. Cause yeah. So what? Like, that. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, very well said. And I think, you know, you were talking a lot how kind of women do certain things. Men, I think, in general, and, and women do this too. Sure. We suppress, 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 push, push down our feelings. Men get angry. Yeah. You know, we, we sometimes get mm-hmm. physically violent yeah. because of that. Because yeah. again, we're just, we want to avoid, mm-hmm. I don't want to go there. Right. But when we can allow, like you said, yeah. to feel it yeah. and experience it and just let it work through you. How cool is that? I know. But it's easier said than done. I know that. 
But man, is that some of the things you teach in your master classes yeah, and stuff? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. In fact, this conversation came up this week and I just want to say um, to all the men listening and to you, I think... I feel like it's when it comes to feelings and emotions, Mm -hmm. you guys have been told from a young age that Mm -hmm. boys don't cry. You don't act like that. Pull it together. What's wrong Uh, with you? You know, you wuss, whatever it is. Right. Right. So emotions mean you're weak. Right. That's what you've been told. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, you've had to put a mask on to like not and to just toughen up. And I think most men are just inside just I I just think oh gosh can I just hug you and just like it's gonna be okay and of course that's why there's the the addiction and the numbing right it's like I don't it feels like it's too much and then you have women on the flip side of that right that it's like you know just just be calm just be calm just be calm and Mm -hmm. then it and then it bubbles up and it bubbles up and it bubbles up and then she erupts and then it's like she's crazy so men want to fight and they're angry and women are crazy and the truth is it's like if we can give ourselves permission, yeah. that's what I say. Just permission to feel. Mm. Just permission to feel it. Yeah. it de- we don't have to define it. You don't have to be it. I'm really particular in my words. And so instead of saying, I am sad, if you can say, I feel sad. Yeah. Because when you say, I am, that means you are that. You're possessing it. That's right. Versus yeah. I'm feeling this. Gotcha. So I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel frustrated. You know, oftentimes frustration and anger lead to mo- to movement and action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can see those emotions as like, okay, this means I got it. This isn't working anymore, or I need to make a, a change, or I need to move forward, or like, you know, or or maybe it's a, a feeling of frustration that we usually don't act out on because it's. But the truth yeah. is. Maybe it's time to have a boundary about something or to make a comment or say like, hey, that's actually not going to work for me. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, I have to do it because, you know, they expect me to do it. And now I have resentment and I'm frustrated. It's it's all just fascinating how I think oftentimes we think we're doing it for someone else. Right. But do are we really? And maybe that's just a story that we're telling ourselves. And maybe if we chose ourselves and said, hey. I want to support you. I, whatever it might be, yeah. maybe that's even giving other people permission to do the same thing. Yeah. Very well said. It needed to be said. Thank you. Yeah. Really good. So, you know, you do these master classes, you do coaching, you do speaking events and stuff. What, what's on the horizon for you? Like, cause you, you seem to think big. Yeah. What do, you, do you got anything else on top of what you're already doing that you're thinking about maybe yeah. doing down the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, I, I've been, I'm writing a book. Nice. I'm doing it. I'm writing a book. I've been writing it. It's happening. It. It's the most vulnerable um, thing I've ever even imagined. And it is harder than I ever thought it would be mm-hmm. um, for lots of reasons. I mean, um, one thing I realize is that, so for me, the way it happens is the idea comes. Okay. And then I, and then I say yes to it, but I don't have the, the outline or the map, or I don't know. It's this trust fall. I was actually talking to a client about this today. I'm like, okay, so you made, you went with your gut, you went with your intuition and you made the decision. And now what? Yeah. And she's like, I feel like I don't, I'm like, you just keep trusting it. And every day you show up consistently. So I'm writing this book and it's been fascinating because, you know, when I first started and it became so, you know, um, vast of what where could this go and part of my writing price process i hired a writing coach and 
She had me do a juicy timeline. (laughs) And in the juicy timeline, there was a lot of me writing specific events that happened in my life. Mm. And what I realized is that, whoa, writing this book is more healing. There's more processing. There's a lot more going into this. And so... Mm. Um, I'm taking my time with it, but I'm also being realistic and like knowing that Kate, it doesn't have to be perfect. This is a thing. I'm a recovering perfectionist. And oftentimes (laughs) I just am trying to wait till it's like just perfect. And I'm giving myself permission to Mm. not do that, but to consistently show up and, and, and write the book. And the book is called turn on and it's all about turning on your life in every aspect of your life and how to really create a life that you can't wait to wake up to. So that might be the solution for you waking up happy every day yeah, (laughs) and in a good mood. You're like, I'm living the life that I can't wait to wake up to. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So the book is big. I have some, (laughs) um, uh, three retreats this year, which I've added in a couple's retreat that my partner and I, we've been together for three and a half years. We're doing that. Retreat and just a lot. It's called um, Ignite the Fire because the passion goes out, right? And like what happens? Well, how can we um, bring that back and bring the spark back? So I'm excited. That's a new thing going on. And then, yeah, yeah, so some big cool things with with retreats and gatherings. And Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. If people want to do your retreat and they want to get involved or – get your book when it's ready and and do, you know, sign up for coaching and things like that. What's the best way for them to do something like that? That's a great question. So if you follow me, Instagram is my favorite platform (laughs) um, and it's Kate strong world. And I have a lot of free resources. I am very, very much my good girlfriend and your friend Tiff Peterson has been my business coach. She's fantastic. She's amazing. She's talked to me a lot about letting people go on a first date with me and sample me and see if they want to, you know, take it even further. I and I that. love her yeah. analogy in that. So let me tell yeah. you, there's lots of opportunities to go on a first date with me. I give away a lot of free content. Again, part yeah. of my mission is not just to, I yeah. love that I've turned what I do into, yeah. um, into my job, right? Because yeah. it would have fallen apart if I wouldn't have. Um, but there's a lot of resources there. I, there's a, there's a pleasure guide. There's a self-care checklist. Like yes. there's tons of stuff that you can do to get started, free resources, all the things. Um, Love and it. I'm always doing something like yeah. once a month, there's something, you yeah. know, a masterclass or a uh-huh. group coaching session or something. So follow me there. And then if you want to get on my website, it's mystrongworld.com. Yes. And same thing there. You'll be able to get on my resource page. Okay. You'll see the, this podcast will be on there oh, yeah. and then many other podcasts. Yes are there as as well as like favorite books and things like that because sometimes people are like kate where do i even start right yeah where's the starting point yeah Yeah. and you know truth is truth Mm -hmm. and so i say it my way you say it your way Mm -hmm. and there are many other great ones who have been out there who have said it their way and i've learned from and so i love bringing in all of the wise ones and the resources to validate these same points over and over and over again yeah wow that sounds amazing Got a lot going on. A lot going on. That is so cool. Yeah. You know, um, those, you know, writing that book, like you said, it's it's been kind of a therapeutic process yeah. for you. And I've done the same thing. And it it took way longer than I ever anticipated. But it was one of those like, man, I learned a lot s- still more about myself yeah. going through all of that yeah. and stuff. And so, but I love what you said is just go for it. Yeah. Lean into it. Yeah. 
and just go do the next thing and just keep trying i agree and the one thing i would i always say when things seem really overwhelming i think a lot Mm -hmm. of times we we see someone and we think wow i'm inspired by that but like how it seems too big so my suggestion is just take the next best step Mm. what's the next thing that you can do so literally like Maybe it's that you just start, pick up a pen, get a notebook, just start writing some ideas down or whatever. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just like, I want to start exercising. Okay. So just go get your shoes and your exercise clothes and just put it out. Yeah. Just have it sitting out there. Right. And then you might be like, okay, I'm going to put it on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, maybe I just walk out the front door and take this phone call and walk while I'm talking. Yeah. So it's these little micro behaviors. It's not this big thing. And for me, when I pulled that back, even with writing the book, I'm like, okay, Kate, it's fine. Like, what's the next topic? What's the next idea? Like, what are you almost like I'm taking it and just brain dumping, right? We'll get to the organization later. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Right. Because I think people see where maybe you're at in your life and they're like, I'll never get there. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm so far behind here. How would I even do that? So I love that you point out simple little steps. You may have already answered this question, but I'm going to ask it a little differently um, because you've already shared some amazing advice. If there's someone listening to your voice right now in a Mm -hmm. dark place, they're struggling, they're not sure what to do, um, they just feel hopeless. What would you tell them? You matter. Mm. You matter. And there's no one else on this earth like you. Mm. And maybe you don't know that right now and what that looks like, but you matter. And people would be really sad without you being here, even if you don't know that and you don't believe that. Wow. We're both tearing up here. Yeah, we are. (laughs) That was powerful. I could feel that energy from what you said. Um, thank you, Kate. You're amazing. Um, you know, Tiffany wasn't kidding when she was talking you up to me. I was like, wow, I can't wait to meet you. And I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today and, and sharing your life with us. And I'm just impressed with the way you're being a light to other people. And I can feel that here. And we're lucky to have you. Well, same here. And thank you for doing what you do for creating a platform and giving people like me and all of your other guests a place to come and talk and and your podcast is just crushing it I mean literally and you know it's evidence that people care they want to hear this is good information and um, it's a good thing that you're doing thank you very much well um, I encourage everyone listening to this to go to her website and reach out to her sign up for a master class I mean the energy that she brings and the stuff that she teaches. I love what you said. Uh, pain is pain is my purpose and my content is my medicine. And that can be the same for you as well. Come, come listen to her content. It'll be medicine for you. <laughs> and I'm excited for this book when it comes out. We'll have you back on. We should. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I love you guys for tuning in week after week and for sharing these episodes. Like I always say, if you have a friend a loved one, a a son or a daughter or a partner or whoever it may be that's struggling, give them the link to this episode. Let them hear from Kate. It will inspire them. It'll at least wake them up a little bit. It'll turn them on a little bit. 
in a, in a, in a good positive way that you can then reach out and go, where can I, what else do you need from me? And it'll be a good way to open up a conversation. So please share. And one, one last thank you. You're the best. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. Yeah. Till next time, everyone. Love you.